there it is, the music. Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Welcome to the new year. It's 2021. How about that? Should be off today, but you know what? Being the realty expert he is, John Brodeen. Man, I tell you what, the dude's a stud. He wanted to come in today on New Year's Day. <laughs> he is your realty expert. It's John Brodeen with Berkshire Hathaway. How are you, John? Good, good. And you? I'm doing good. Uh, did you go out and party hard last night? No, I did not. You know, we talked on Wednesday, and we both pretty much agreed we weren't going to do that. Yeah, um, maybe when I was younger, but I, yeah. I, I find more value. In, in yeah, the... you know, it, it's no fun going to work in the morning not feeling well. Yeah, yeah. And nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, some of the things we want to talk about today, uh, how about important criteria when you're looking at investment properties? Yeah. Uh, you know, right now with the interest rates being down, um, Pete, there are a few people out there might have some extra cash rolling around or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they're looking at uh, buying a rental property. Yeah. Now, what are some of the things you need to know if, if you're going to buy some rental property? So we'll cover a couple of things that are going to be really obvious for people. And then we're going to cover a couple of things that most people don't think to look at okay. uh, that make a really big difference. So obviously the first thing that you're going to look at is what does it rent out for? Um, this is going to be able to determine how much you're going to be able to pay for it because you need to look at the rents and then um, and you need to look at what your payment's going to be and you need to have positive cash flow sure. if you're buying a rental. Yeah, you don't want to just break even. No, you don't want to just break even because just breaking even really isn't breaking even. Sure. Uh, because eventually you're going to have a furnace that goes out. You're going to have a roof that needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. If you own a place for 15 years, you're going to have expenses. Right. No to it. Every, every time a tenant moves out and you have to get the property ready for the next tenant, you're going to have expenses. Okay. Um, so rents are the number one most important thing. Um, other important factors are the length of the leases that are in place. Are those tenants month to month? Could they pick up and leave right away? Or are they in a, a year or a two-year lease? Obviously, the longer leases are going to be uh, more beneficial. Mm-hmm. Unless, for some reason, you think that those rents are below market value and you think there's potential to raise them, then that then that rent amount being locked in for two years might not be a good thing for you as a potential you know, buyer okay. and landlord. Now, if you sign a lease, say you sign a one-year lease at so much per month during that one year that you are under lease can you jack the rent or lower it or can you change it um that's probably going to depend on the wording in the actual in, okay lease. so that might that's going to be probably on a case-by-case basis okay um, okay i wish i had a better answer for you it's something that we'd have to I know I would look on, into it on a case by case basis, but I don't know the exact answer mm-hmm. for you on that. Is is a one year lease? Is that kind of the norm, or six months, or, or how does that work? One year is more normal. That's okay, what I see most often. So, another big thing is how long have the tenants been in place? Um, tenants having been there for a long time, it, it that's definitely a good thing for most people. You know, unless of course you plan to renovate it and raise leases, mm-hmm. or, or, I mean raise rents or whatever. But if if you if we're basing it off of the rents that are currently there um if they've been there for a long time that's a really good sign yeah it means they're probably long-term tenants like we talked about earlier more turnover means more money that you have to spend sure and you have never had to kick them out or anything so they must be good tenants they must be good tenants okay exactly this is huge and tons of people don't look at this 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 should be probably one of the first things you ask about um who pays the utilities right a lot of times these small multifamily properties when they have a boiler uh, heat system. There's no way to separate that amongst the units in the property. Mm-hmm. So the owner have to ha- will uh, have to pay it, or else somehow like condo it back to the 
sure tenants. Um, so the um, you if if the owner pays the utilities, you want to take that right off the top, right? Just like you would with any when you look at profit and loss statements on anything. But mm-hmm. a property could have great rents compared to what they're asking for it. But if it's an old property and it's not very energy efficient, and there's a boiler and there's no way to split it among, uh, um, up amongst the renters, yep, um, that could be a way worse deal than it looks to be uh, on paper. So the other thing in the same kind of thread there is who's responsible for the groundskeeping? Okay, does the owner have to pay for snow removal and lawn care? Um, that's another big thing to ask. Um, and are there going to be big deferred maintenance expenses? Does it need a new roof? Does it need a new heating system? Um, does it need new siding? Does it need new windows? You gotta. If it does need these things, you need to really add that into the price when you're looking at. And it's almost worse than if it had already been done mm-hmm. in some ways because you've got to come out of pocket for that unless you you know line something up with you know a bank loan or line of credit or something like that. But it's not gonna. Let's say the seller just put new windows in and a new roof on and new siding. When you wrap it into your real estate loan for the property, you're probably getting better terms and rates right. versus if you're taking out a separate loan to make those improvements to the property. So if, um, say you have a rental house mm-hmm. and I want to rent from you, uh, we signed the lease and all that. And I, I ask you about the yard and the landscaping and all that stuff. Um, I would imagine when you rent a house, most of that stuff is taken care of by the person renting the house because doesn't matter if you're renting or buying, you're still going to have to do it. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that'd be kind of a rare thing where the owner of the rental property says, oh, we'll take care of all that for you. For a single family house, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Duplex, it's a little more up in the air. Sure. Fourplex, it seems like almost always the owner is responsible for it. Okay. So that's what I've found over the years. Okay. Say now, uh, again, just, you know, we're just saying this. I'm renting from you. And uh, you agree, you know, man, there, there's some rooms in here that need to be painted and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Do you ever work out a deal with the pre- people renting from you to say, well, look, I'll knock off 100 bucks off your rent or whatever. If you paint, I'll bring you the paint. I'll bring you the supplies. You do the painting and all that stuff, and, and, and we can work something out. Or would you rather hire professionally and, and, and pay the extra money maybe to have them come and do it? Yeah, I'd rather hire professionally and pay the extra because then you have control over the the job that gets done. It just gets a lot more messy when you kind yeah, of well, license that. and bonded. Say uh, they do like I did. I kicked over a full gallon of stain on my carpet here yeah. about a month ago. Exactly. And uh, yeah. So if the renter is doing it themselves and something like that happens, well then all of a sudden they call you up and go, Oh, by the way, John, uh, we need new carpet in that room too. Yeah. So I, I see what, what you mean get? there. They're not going to pay for that. And I, I think you, uh, Part of being a good landlord is keeping those relationships really clear, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And, you know, you don't want to kind of cloud that relationship and try to turn it into something that it's not. Um, and just keep keep the relationship and the expectations clear of one another. And the more simple you can keep that, the better. Um, I, I prefer to hire professionals for all that kind of stuff. Okay. And now another one I see uh, when it comes to rental properties, uh, you will see no smoking, yeah. uh, no pets or pets allowed. What are your thoughts? I mean, it seems like less and less people are smoking, yeah. but it seems like more and more people are getting pets. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts if I was to rent from you and say I have a pretty big dog? So like on my rental properties, my personal, my pet policy is $300 a month, or sorry, $300 one time, mm-hmm. non-refundable per pet, maximum of two pets, um, and then $30 per, per month per pet uh, in addition to the rent. That's kind of my break-even point. 
where that covers the extra damage and uh, sure. extra expenses. That there might be an accident now and then. Yep. Yeah. I've had to rip out carpets plenty of times due to pets. Um, you know, extra wear and tear on trim, mm-hmm. uh, different stuff. You know, odor takes, you know, you have to do a little bit different. Uh, you have to usually pay for like a higher level of carpet cleaning to help get the odor out. If you are able to get it out of the carpets, um, a lot of times repainting, uh, there's just, there's going to be more wear and tear, but, uh, I'm happy, like my, my own rent. I know it's not about me, but <laughs> my own rental properties are great for people who have pets so that I do allow them, but just make sure that, mm-hmm. um, the extra costs are going to be covered. And, and would you rather have somebody, a cat person or a dog person, uh, rent from you? Well, cause I, I own both. Yeah. And you, they both have accidents now and then, but, uh, you know, you got to deal with cats, litter boxes and all that stuff too. Yeah, I'd probably prefer like smaller dogs mm-hmm. um, because I mean, not that I can pick and choose, but if I, if it were in a perfect world, I'd choose smaller dogs just because uh, I personally am allergic to cats. I know a lot of, more people are allergic to cats, so you might have issues with that cat dander being in the okay uh, in the carpets, sure, and causing issues for your future tenants, um, even in like air ducts and that sort of thing. If it's an mm-hmm. allergy issue, the cleaning expenses are going to be really really absolutely uh what about smoking would you allow would you allow a smoker to rent from you i'd allow a smoker to rent from me but can't smoke in the house right okay garage okay that's and that's outlined in my lease you know it's something that's grounds for addiction Mm -hmm. if somebody's smoking in your property because that's that's one of those things where it's really hard to get yeah. the damage. That just sucks. It just soaks into everything, that mm-hmm. cigarette smoke. Um, you know, it's funny because I was a three-pack-a-day guy for 20 oh, years. Oh, yeah. Um, I quit. I haven't had a cigarette now in a long, long, long time. Okay. But um, I don't mind if somebody has one in my house. Um, I, I, I guess I kind of do, but I, I put myself in their shoes and I've oh. been there. But, you know, the norm is now is to step outside yeah. and have a cigarette. You know, I, I've got... A roof over my front deck so you can step outside the door. Even if it's snowing out or raining out, you're not going to get wet. But, um, yeah, and, and that's the nice thing. But do you ever go back to the place after a renter is gone? Because you can tell right away yeah. you know, that they smoke. Does that ever, did they, did they ever lie to you about that stuff? And, oh, I'm not a smoker. But then you go in after they leave, and it's like, oh, yeah, you were. I've, I've had it happen where, um, where a, a renter smoked in the garage of one of my properties before mm-hmm. and, and stunk it up. And I found, you know, it, it was, they didn't really make an attempt to hide it. And, you know, that's a part of the lease as well. So okay. It's a, it's a situation where the most you can do is take the deposit, but there's a lot of times where even their deposit isn't going to cover um, the cost to get the, get the smell. And even for people who own homes, um, you know, owners or renters, even if you own it, it um, I wouldn't recommend smoking in the house just because it's going to make it, much much harder to sell your home there it's so rare we run into a house where the owner has like smoked in there for years where you can actually smell it Mm -hmm. Um, most people just don't do that right or it seems like right yeah and and, you know i do know a lot of smokers that will not smoke in their own home they they step outside i know know a lot of them too or some people have like maybe a screened in porch Mm -hmm. or something like that or you know. it, it would, would that be different then? Uh, would you consider that like if you had an all-season porch or all-screened-in porch? Because I got a, a something like that at my house too, and yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even care if they did it out there. Yeah, as, like usually something you know, fresh coat of paint, and like if there's carp, you know, that outdoor carpeting, mm-hmm. and replacing that, you could probably get rid of that odor. Um, 
you know, cheaper than if you yeah. allow them in the house. Now, again, I'm going to keep using you and I as a scenario here yeah. and our example. Um, say I'm renting a house from you. Do you take care of the yard and the driveway and the sidewalks, or is that up to the person renting? So, like we said, mine are all, uh, I've got a single family and a duplex. Mm-hmm. So the tenants take care of the groundskeeping on, on my both of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually once we get into like fourplexes that we see it being a lot more common because the fourplex looks a lot more like your standard apartment building, small right. apartment building. When you're talking about like my duplex looks like just a house, uh, you know, with a yard and one tenant has has access to the front yard. The other tenant has access to the backyard. Um, they each take care of their. OK, so they each have I was going to say, if yeah. you share a driveway. <laughs> you know, and if you've got, you're always going to find and this somebody like that separate for okay. Ways too, so yeah, because you know, I've seen where you have one, and maybe the neighbors don't like each other, uh, so you're going to see one side of the driveway shoveled. You know, that, that looks had, pretty silly. I've never had anything that petty. I, <laughs> I've luckily I haven't had issues where uh, tenants in the same uh, building don't like each other. Uh-huh. I could see that getting pretty pretty messy. You, you have to turn into. Uh, Jerry Springer, I guess. Yeah. yeah, that's not part of the job description for a landlord. And and you know, say um, if, say we're talking about a duplex. Uh, you know the people that are on the one side, the other side you're trying to rent out, mm-hmm. and you do kind of almost interview these people because you probably know a little bit, you know, more about who's living there now, just to make sure that it's not like water and oil, or you know, I mean, so there you. Th- you know, maybe obvious. Sometimes it's obvious that you see somebody wants to rent from you, and you, you could just think to yourself, "There's no way these people are going to get along." Yeah, you know, in my situation, um, they don't really need to have much interaction. Mm-hmm. They they use the same exterior door, but otherwise, they wouldn't even cross paths. So it'd be a lot different if, like, it was a situation where you're you're renting rooms individually or something like that. But in my case, you know, it's there's there's set rules about noise and that's really probably the only thing that could solve yeah. issues and so it's either they're breaking the rules or they're not or they're not that tv commercial keeps coming to my mind about uh but we have problems with clogging oh <laughs> that would be against our our neighbors fencing <laughs> yeah those are funny ones are the ants yeah. yeah i love those commercials yeah. oh boy all right so it seems to me, John, uh, a lot of people I know with our rental properties right now, investment properties, it seems like a lot of them are, are selling, and, and I don't know why. I know for sure one of them, he's got a lot of properties. He's a couple of guys I know, and, and they've just been doing it for so long. And these are the kind of guys, they're hands-on guys. Yeah, They don't hire a lot of the work out themselves. But could you imagine if you're doing all that work and you got eight or ten of these investment properties um, – but is the market good right now for investment properties? Are, are there a lot of them out there? There are quite a few on the market right now. So in the residential sales market right now, it's very low inventory in comparison to the number of homes that are selling. Um, in the small multifamily uh, rental market, like rental property market, mm-hmm. there is actually kind of a lot of inventory out there on the market. Um, you know, it, I, I'm not sure if it's maybe uncertainty with uh, the economy, people... Uh, worrying about tenants not being able to pay rent due to, due to COVID. Um, but yeah, there are quite a few, you know, like single uh, or small multifamilies, like duplexes and fourplexes. Mm-hmm. But I just I just listed a duplex uh, last week and we got it sold within the first week on market. Okay. Um, so they, they are still selling if you are. And, and you know, is this rent. a myth or not? Um, you, you'll, a lot of people think 
Oh, this guy's got a bunch of rental properties. It, 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 slumlord, they're all just crappy houses. But that's not the case. There, there's all different varieties of, of real estate investors for sure. Mm-hmm. There's, there's certain people who only buy, you know, decent mid-range houses to rent out. There are, you know, people who have a bunch of dumpy, small, um, you know, or small multifamily units that are houses that are converted that are mm-hmm. poorly. You know, there, there's all sorts of different. And and you're gonna the the rental cost will reflect on yes. that. I mean, you know, you you might have a little kind of a small old house compared to a nice duplex. Of course, you're gonna notice a difference on what you pay for rent. And and part of that is like those guys you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, the people you know, you know, they've got a high tolerance for hassle probably. Yeah. That was probably part of their business models. They'll take the stuff that's high hassle that needs a lot of repairing and mm-hmm. needs a lot of handholding and low rents are naturally going to bring about more hassle. Um, and they're okay with that. And so they're probably going to have more, more lower end, you know, units versus the type of person who wants minimal, minimal hassle. They're going to pick higher end units. They might even own like, commercial property that rents out to you know a, a big you know franchise you know like own the build uh, own the building that burger king rents from or something like that mm-hmm. that's like the you know very very low maintenance or owning a large apartment building that they hire out management you know hiring out management is always going to be something that's going to decrease your hassle and so for the person who wants minimal hassle minimal involvement and make sure everything gets done right hiring a good property manager um it, you know, is, is one of those things. Like if you're, if your uh, friend were to, instead of getting out of the business, decide to put them all, you know, under management, mm-hmm. that'd be a nice way for them to kind of retire. Sure. And keep the income coming in, but they could cash out all at once too. If you know, it's all, you know, and, and I don't like to talk politics, but do you think there's uncertainty with some of these people not knowing what's going on with the election? Uh, not knowing if taxes are going to change a lot or have you not heard anything like that? I wouldn't, I, um, I think people would be maybe more concerned with like eviction, uh, moratoriums Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. That's probably going to affect them a lot more directly. Okay. Um, Where if it's a situation where that gets extended, I think it was extended through January 31st. Um, I don't know all the details of it exactly, but that's something that directly affects landlords. So what happens then say, um, they have this exemption, uh, so they don't get kicked out. They still have to pay this back eventually, though, don't they? Or does the landlord just stuck? Um, again, something I should have I should have studied up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, exactly how it works. You uh, haven't been in that predicament, though. I have not. Been oh, in that well, that's pred- good. Predicament, and I don't know anybody that has been. Um, you know, our economy is still doing all right. Up yeah, there, which is good. And, and you don't want to ever see anybody get evicted, I know. Uh, especially, especially because of something now. like like this pandemic. Yeah. But if they're going to put, you know, in my mind, if they're going to put, um, you know, eviction, uh, deferments or deferrals or whatever they, they're calling them, they should, they should put some aid in as well for landlords. Because right. Right. They, they want landlords to kind of take the brunt of the, yeah. of the bill. And it's, you know, the landlords might be struggling as well mm-hmm. uh, because most landlords, you know, there might be some landlords that are super rich and own all their properties free and clear, but most landlords that I know are, uh, they have, they've got loans to pay on their property. Sure. So they've got bills that are due each month. And if there's no rent coming in, they're paying it out of their own pocket, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I, I would have to know a little bit more about the whole, all the rules of the situation before I could really comment on it. 
okay. in an educated way. All right. Uh, John Brodine, realty expert from Berkshire Hathaway. How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to uh, use your services? Yeah, they can reach out to me. Cell phone 701-213-5428. Well, I tell you what, uh, when you come back... Maybe we could chat about how the year 2020 all went for you. Yes, I'm putting together all the data, and I'll have a big, uh, I'll have a big video that goes out, and I'll come on here and talk about it, and we'll we'll talk all about what happened in 2020. There hey, a lot to talk about. Happy New Year, man. Yes, you too. And I uh, hope 2021's a little better than last year. Yeah, I think it will be. All right. Oh, there you go. That's uh, your realty expert, John Brodine. Uh, he's a realty expert at Berkshire Hathaway. And that's your bi-weekly podcast from Berkshire Hathaway and everybody from the company. A big family over there, the team. They wish all of you a happy, happy new year. And uh, I guess we'll catch you all on Monday. Have yourself a great weekend, everybody.